Welcome to Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you launch your goal of business and navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. I'm Justin Gordon, your host, and in this episode, we have Lisa Atia, and she's a social entrepreneur, creative strategist, and storyteller at heart, and she has over 10 years of experience scaling rapid growth startups and Fortune 500 companies. She was serving as the creative brand strategist for Blavity, and she also was the chief revenue officer for Backstage Capital. At the intersection of culture, media, and tech, her work builds ecosystems and creates access to opportunities for women and people of color entrepreneurs. You can find Lisa on Twitter at Lisa underscore Atia. As always, the show notes are at justgogrind.com slash podcast. And you can support the show by leaving a rating and review and being sure to subscribe. Please subscribe there as well. Also, I recently launched a free course on how to start a podcast, showing you all the ins and outs of podcasting, how this podcasting thing works, taking you from just an idea to having your episode and show live in Apple Podcasts and all the major podcasting platforms. You can find that as well in the show notes and at justgogrind.com slash podcast. Again, completely free, step-by-step, taking you from beginning to end to help you launch your show. Without further ado, here is Lisa Atia. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, glad to have you on and a lot of different things I want to talk about, like growing companies, building brand, building community. And you've worked with a few different places. Where I wanted to start, though... Your work at Blavity. How did you get started with Blavity in the first place? Yeah, so it was funny because I was actually working a nonprofit and I was just miserable. And so I was like, <laughs> I, was, I was job hunting and it ended up just popping up on Indeed. I'd actually never heard of Blavity before. And so it, it happened pretty quickly, you know, had a conversation, then um, had, an, had a couple conversations with the leadership team. And it just kind of just went, you know, like they, they yeah. were fast, like they were in the very beginning stages of building. So, you know, just like any startup, it was like, look, we find, we find the right person. This is, this is the line. Let's just roll and see what happens. So, Yeah. And what about Blavity was it that like, drew you to that company? You're like, oh yeah, this is the one I want to get involved with in some capacity. Yeah, I mean, it was really different than any other platform um, or company, quite honestly, that I'd ever been around or heard of before. And it was really because they were focused on our community. You know what I mean? And and it was yeah. just that you know it was targeting Black and Brown people, but specifically Black people. But it was like, but we're the ones creating the content. It's coming from us. We get to tell our story. We get to create the narrative instead of having media tell us who we are. And so for the first time, it was kind of like, I'm home. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get to be around (laughs) my people. We get to talk about and, and create the things that we want to see in the world instead of having to react to what's being told to us. Yeah. And, and with the company then, so join them, you're like a creative brand strategist for them. So what were some of the things you were working on or doing initially with Blavity? Yeah. So, well, first of all, when you're a part of a startup, like you do everything, you know, and <laughs> of course, so, but it, it was really about helping shape the brand narrative, right? Like who do we want to be, especially as we think about you know, when we talk to brands, you know, what is our value proposition? Who are we? How do we how do we make sure that our decks are on point, that our 
um, that the things like the branded content, how to making sure it aligns with what it is that the brand is doing and what they want to do and making sure that it's authentic, right? Because there were some relationships that didn't work because they were there for, well, we just want to like tap into your audience and and have them buy our product. It's like, no, that's, that's not what we're here for. (laughs) We have to be very selective um, as a team, you know, it wasn't just one or two people that made that decision. It was like, okay, as a team, what do we stand for? Um, so a lot of it was really kind of identifying who we were as a company. Yeah. And especially as a startup, like you mentioned, that was, you know, earlier days for them. They've grown a lot since, uh, you know, as well, but with that and having a smaller team and trying to figure out, you know, everyone being on the same page, make sure everyone's aligned. How does that go? And how do you go about getting decisions, you know, made within that type of company? Yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you're there because you trust and you believe in the leadership, right? And yeah, and so you know, there are obviously like decisions that are made as a team, but the buck stops with you know the C-suite folks, and so you know they when when you're focused on the best for the community, it always works out, and and that was the thing right. that that I really loved about being there is that our decisions were always driven. What's best for everybody, not just let's make a dollar. Like it was never about that, you know? And so it was, it was cool. Like it was, um, it was one of those things where even though it was a young team, you know, everybody was so incredibly focused and, and everybody was aligned on the mission. And when you're aligned in the mission and you understand what it is that you're really working for and toward, you take yourself out of it. You take your own wants, your own desires, and you're like, let's do what's best for everybody. Because at the end of the day, you're included in that. So you end up getting everything <laughs> that you want anyway. You know what I mean? It's just, right. You just end up being more strategic about it. And, and everybody becomes very clear about the direction you're going. Yeah. And, and with the direction, you mentioned direction you're going. So how do you kind of blend the long term with the short term, and then in your role at the company, then sure. So you know, short term, it's it's always a little, it's day to day, right? Every day looks different, yeah. especially in a startup. But in terms of like opportunities and prioritizing, you know, where you want to go, you really want to focus on the one thing you're good at, like, and becoming great at it, right? Like, if you be especially yeah. when you're a startup and you have a small team. You only have so much human capital, and so you got to direct it in a in a very focused, intentional manner. And so you got to look at who's in your network, what resources do you have, what folks are willing to partner and that are aligned with your mission, and then you start there. and And then from that, and from the quality of your work, it speaks for itself. And then as you start to become more visible in the market, there's all these other opportunities that start coming at you. And it's like, okay, in this next phase, <laughs> where do we want to <laughs> be? And so it continually evolves. Um, but as long, again, as long as you understand that mission that you're working for, it could look a thousand different ways. But, you know, at the end of the day, you make it the best with what you already have. And, and everything unfolds from that. Yeah. And, you know, being at that startup environment and a unique company that just was started crushing and continued on, I, I'm curious as to like what you learned, what you kind of took away from that experience. Because it seems like such a great experience to have. Yeah. You know, the people that I worked with, every single person, no matter who it was, they were, they were focused on more than themselves. 
And, and I'm going to say that like over and over again, because it's one of the driving forces of my life and my career and my work. And I know that a lot of people within, you know, tech and VC and media and entertainment, like it's all become this whole blended industry now, really. Right. And, you know, it's really about aligning yourself to, to the folks that are in that same space. And, and a like attracts like. So, it, you know, when you're building something like that, you, build, you bring in the right people to begin with. And so it's just one of those things where the right people, it, it's kind of like life and relationships. The people that are for you, like, will be for you. The people that are not will fall away. And it's the same thing with, like, partnerships and, and all that. So everything just kind of aligned really well. And, you know, when you trust the people that are around you, you, you look at each other as equal. Like you trust, okay, you know what? I know what you're good at. I know your strengths. That's not what I'm good at. So I'm going (laughs) to, you know what I mean? But I also have what you need to, to make sure that we are aligned and, and building stronger as a collective. So that's really why it works so well is because we all, understood what we were great at and everybody stayed in their lane and then helped where we needed to help. Has, has that always been for you part of what you wanted in your career in terms of working on something that's, you know, beyond yourself or bigger than yourself? You know, I didn't know it until I got to Blavity, to be honest. I mean, you know, throughout my career, of course, I was like, I want to help people and, you know, but it was always with a me centered approach. That's why I wasn't successful in the ways that I wanted to be. And once I got to a place where I took myself out of the equation, I was able to actually put the best of myself into it because all of a sudden it wasn't for me anymore and it was bigger than me. So I knew that, you know what, if I had a hard day or if I was up until midnight working on a deck, I was like, you know what, that's okay though, because it's not for me. And I know that this is going to <laughs> benefit someone else who, who looks like me or who is coming up after me. And, and showing them what's really possible. So you know what? Yeah, I'm going to put in that extra work because it's worth it to me. So yeah, I think I think that's really important. You mentioned that as well because you know, especially in the world of entrepreneurship, you're trying to build something that you believe in. It, you know, you're going to put in so much effort and so much work. And even if your career it doesn't have to be entrepreneurship or you're an entrepreneur per se, but whatever career it is, you're going to work that much harder if something you care about, something that matters and impacts other people. It's more than just oh, here's my nine to five. I'm clocking out. And I think it's important that people like find that. And you know, not everyone has that for sure. But like you said, you found it through Blavity, even though you had other, other jobs and whatever before in your career, but Blavity helped you find that more, which I find really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's also like, you know, you got to be in that space and that season in your life, the right things come, you know, when you're supposed to learn them and when you're open to learning them. And, and for me, it was the people that I had around and, and the experiences I was willing to have you know, and being open to things unfolding the way that they were supposed to, as opposed to me trying to control it and make it look like how I wanted it to look. Because I think, you know, especially being ambitious people and, and especially being like how backstage calls it underestimated, right? As a people, yeah. people of color were underestimated. So you feel like, well, I got to go hard. I got to do this. It, it's got to look like this success has to, you know, mean fame, fortune, money, you know, access and, and all that. And, and that's actually not really the case because 
finding yourself in a place where you allow things to to become what they're becoming when you just give your your best into something and allow the the outcome to be what it is it's actually better than you could have ever fathomed to begin with you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. you have to have yeah. than that and so lavity was that it was it created a space for me to be me and so once i was able to do that I, I recognized all of the things that I had always wanted to do. It was just, it sparked it in me again. Yeah. And you, you mentioned there too, Backstage Capital. So I want to talk about that as well. So how did you get involved initially with Backstage Capital? Yeah. So I met um, Arlen and Christy actually through Morgan and Aaron at Blavity. So, you know, it's a, it's a small, it's a small community. <laughs> thing. It's like tech and media and it, like all of it has become blended industries. So yeah, like I was introduced to Arlen and Christy and I met them. They were at a co-working space and they were really just getting the the backstage studio off the ground. And so we had a conversation about what it would look like to help build that out. And that just kind of rolled from there. Yeah. And then with that, so joining, you know, helping out with backstage and what were some of your initial kind of like role responsibility? What were you doing initially with them? Yeah. Again, like it was a startup, right? So then it, yeah, it, yeah, of course, <laughs> really, really quickly. So, you know, it goes from looking at the organization and strategically what's the direction we want to take. Okay. If we want to focus on partnerships and uh, let's go, you know, let's focus on that. Well, you know, then you start to grind and, and have all these conversations and, you know, you're trying to figure out, well, how do we fit in the ecosystem when it comes to that? Okay. Let's, Let's shift this part. And then, you know, then later on the idea of the accelerator, you know, folks within the organization were talking about like, look, we've seen the direction that we are going. We see the gaps in the market. We really think the accelerator is where it should be. And, you know, Arlen has even been very vocal and public about, you know, it, she didn't want to do an accelerator at first. She thought it, you know, it was a, yeah. a saturated market, so to speak. And so, you know, once we were, we all got on board and like, okay, we're going to do an accelerator. Then it shifted the direction of, of the company. So, you know, again, like things unfold and they don't end up (laughs) necessarily the way that you think or expect, but it ends up being awesome because that's the ride of being in a startup. Yeah. And yeah, multiple startups now and then in in helping them. So with working with Backstage, they've grown more popular, obviously have funded some other companies trying to raise another fund. Now, early on when you're starting, what were some of the activities that were kind of most helpful for for moving the company forward? And then also I'm curious as what were some of maybe like the least effective activities or things that you did? Yeah. So I, I don't necessarily think it was like, any one particular activity, it was really about the values, right? So as we thought about the activities that we wanted to focus on to to drive the brand forward, we had to think about, again, what are those underlying values? So for us, the value was how do we bring access and capital and resources and education to underestimated founders, Black, Brown, women, LGBTQ founders, right? And so once we understood that once everybody came into agreement, okay, our focus is our founders, then we were able to say, okay, an accelerator actually makes the most sense because we can then, you know, still focus on investing, bringing capital to them, but we're also now providing resources, access to, you know, these investors and folks in the industries that are experts and that can help accelerate their growth. 
And so it was, it was much easier for us to also align our partnerships and to, to the accelerator because their goals were aligned also to helping these underestimated founders and building out the ecosystem. And with that, you know your, your focus is on the founders, right? So you know that everything you're doing is trying to support these founders. How, I mean, are you getting feedback just by talking to them as much as possible? Like formal, literally having forms of like, oh, what do you need from us? How can we help you? How does that process go? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a part of it. You know, a lot, you know, reach out and are like, this is what I need, you know, or can you make an introduction to this person? And so we started to create products and services that only the founders could access it at first that would provide them with like a Slack channel, for example, that can connect them to potential mentors so that they can talk specifically about marketing needs or sales or how to get your first customer. Um, We were building products that would become scalable to allow these founders the access um, that, that they needed. And so just by, just by trial and error, just by listening, just by, you know what I mean? And, (laughs) accelerator you know we have you know these um like the webinars and so those webinars and the experts that have been brought in have been built around the needs of all the founders and what we've learned um especially even like the backstage capital fund and all like the three thousand plus um companies that that arlen and christy had initially taken a look at before investing in a hundred you know, there was a lot of data that came from just those interactions, you know, so it's consistent. And, you know, Arlen's on Twitter, so people are always telling her what they need or what they, (laughs) you know, synthesizing that data is also, you know, time consuming and and you have to be discerning about um, what will work for most founders. Um, But at the end of the day, especially, especially like people of color, they're going to tell you exactly what they need because nobody has ever asked them that. Yeah. And you mentioned like webinars, but what other resources or other things that, you know, scalable resources that you can use to kind of help these founders out? What are some of those other things? Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, some of those things um, haven't been built out completely yet. So I can't speak to it. Sure. Um, A lot of it has to do with like, for example, backstage has become known for their investor days. So the portfolio companies get to meet with these investors for a full day. And they, it's like almost like speed dating. And they are, but they're strategically paired. The investors get to look at the portfolio and look at who's raising and say, okay, I want to meet with them. And so everybody gets like, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to actually sit and talk about their, their company with these investors who are already focused on investing in people of color and underestimated founders. So it's become very known within the industry as being much more targeted and impactful for both investors and the founders than like they would. And then with that, so that you're trying to help them with getting investors, which is the whole point, right? It's what they need investors for a company and to help build their businesses. You know, what are some of those biggest challenges you've, you experienced while you were at backstage capital? You know, I think it's funny because it's not just backstage capital specific. I think it's for every startup, right? Especially when you think about, you know, having a diverse team and especially bringing in young talent and giving people opportunities to grow. You know, I think there is learning how to balance 
you know, teaching and educating your team and, and at the same time building the business while, you know, while trying to do it at the speed of a startup can be confusing. <laughs> and so, you know, you have to be able, even though startups are still very like nimble and, you know, kind of these flat organizations at some point, you have to be able to have leaders in different areas to, to help guide, you know, both professionally and personally and help kind of direct and, and usher and guide folks to in, in the right direction so that those leaders are also able to, to be the voice. And the leaders within a company are the ones that help distill the information for the executive team to really understand, okay, is this working? Is this not working? What are the challenges? What do we need to address versus, you know, what is just growing pains, right? But with right. that, then you just get grumblings from all over and you need, <laughs> you need that filter or else, especially as leadership that's trying to like raise money, you know, you'll get overwhelmed really quickly. And so that it, it's, it's really an opportunity to help shape the direct, the, the structure of an organization, which is important. Even if it's a loose structure, it's still important. Yeah. And then at your time, you know, with your time at Backstage, how did your role kind of evolve in terms of like different things you're working on as they grew, as they became, you know, more known, I guess, how did your role like just change or responsibilities change at Backstage? Yeah. I mean, I think it went from planning to implementation, right? And then you go back to the drawing board and look at, look what worked. You, you get the data, you, you know, make tweaks here and there, and then you start to go back out and test it. And it's really just that iteration and testing that is that that's really like the crux especially as you as you come in at a higher level within an organization you have to make sure that you are not that you're moving quickly but that you're moving very intentionally and so for me my focus was the partners and bringing in partnerships and sponsorships and so as we talk to to different folks like folks at Microsoft or Mailchimp or Silicon Valley Bank understanding what their needs were and how do we shift our, whether it's our messaging, for example, or maybe we needed to, you know, shift marketing or increase marketing just because that wasn't necessarily my role. I would still have influence because I'm like, okay, these are the findings that I'm finding over here. This is what we need over here to kind of align those externally. So it stayed within the partnerships and and revenue role, but um, at the end of the day, again, like you, you kind of have, you kind of go from, from, from <laughs> part to make sure that everything's still aligned. Yeah. And, and with that role, obviously an important role, the partnerships part of it with backstage, I mean, how are you approaching like which companies to partner with, you know, which ones you're going to even try to partner with and then actually landing them as partners? How does that process go? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple different ways, right? There's like the cold outreach, then there's there's warm intros. So usually what would end up happening is, you know, we'd get an email from folks and they'd be like, look, we see what you guys are doing. Um, it's really interesting. We have this startup program that we want to, you know, connect, um, help get off the ground, you know, maybe like some partners were like, we need deal flow from, you know, diverse founders. You guys have access to that. How do we work with you? Um, other times like Arlen would be going to all these different events and giving talks and fireside chats. And so she would be connecting with the executives 
and they would hear and they'd be like, oh my God, like this is exactly what our organization needs. Like <laughs> be aligned. And so it would start there. Sometimes it would be from our own market research and look to see, well, what are the what are the other brands and organizations doing or or who who is sponsoring like these diverse conferences, for example, right? And let's go and see what they're doing and other brands that they're investing in and partnering with. And, and let's reach out and see if there's something we can do. So there's there's a lot of different ways to approach it. Yeah, were there ever any brands or like initial outreach where you, you, know, you look at them, you look into it, you're just like, no, it's just not a fit for backstage? I mean, did you get much of that? Or I mean, not, or, I'm not, just curious on that. Yeah, not really. It was really like the folks that, that reached out understood what we were trying to do because they were trying to do the same thing, right? Gotcha. So yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, that, that's really the long and short of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. And then, you know, looking back at your, your time at Backstage Capital, you know, what were some, I'm always wondering, lessons, takeaways, you know, reflective uh, time period here in this podcast. So I'm curious, like, what were some of your takeaways or things you learned from being at Backstage? Yeah. I mean, so a couple of things, right? I think there is, I think you, you have to do, especially with a startup, you got to do one thing and do it well, and you got to go deep. And I think that's what's happening with the accelerator now is that we're able to, to go into four cities. And as you go across the country, you connect those ecosystems, right? And so I, I, one of the things that I've seen, not just at Backstage, but everywhere else, is that those that try and do everything great, like you're not able to really, you don't have a clear direction because you're trying to do a little bit of everything and you don't you don't go deep enough to be able to pull the insights from, from that, that one thing. Uh, Yeah. You know, the other thing too, is I've found that when you are building in the direction of purpose, that not everybody's going to get it and that's okay. (laughs) You got to (laughs) be walking away from people that are not a part of your mission and that are not aligned. Because at the end of the day, those no's will end up becoming more important than your yeses, you know, because those no's will help direct you into the direction of the yes. It's like, okay, if that's not what we're going to do and what we're about, then what are we about? And it just helps provide much more clarity. Yeah, it actually reminds me just being in the MBA program at USC, it reminds me of so many of my classmates who are, you know, we have different like insight seminars or things about companies or industries. And it's a lot of times just checking the box for no, <laughs> for places they don't want to work or industries they don't want to work in versus then that that leads to the yes, eventually. So it's like you figure that out through that kind of process. So just remind me of that as well. And, you know, moving on from, from backstage, like overall career, I, I'm just curious, Everyone has a different motive and, and everything in their career, what they're trying to do. Some are more clear on what that is. I'm just curious as to what, what drives you. You know, honestly, like it, it's, it's community. It's connecting people to one another, but also like showing people, having them recognize the power that they have within themselves today to be great. You know, we always think that you got to get to a certain level, you got to be a certain weight, or you got to look a certain way, or you have to have yeah. a certain title to be great. But like, you know, it, do not despise small beginnings, right? And and that really means like, do the best with what you have right now. And so for me, it's really showing people like, yo, you're great. No matter what is going on in your life, no matter what you have 
you know, that you think is against you, like use that for your good, use that for purposes to, to drive you forward. And for me, it's, it's showing entrepreneurs, especially entrepreneurs of color, and especially like women of color, like you already got the goods. <laughs> you, you're <laughs> one of my one of my friends told me, you know, skills can be outsourced or learned, right? So that's not ever something that you should value yourself on. What you value yourself on is greater than anything outside of you. It's what you have and what you're bringing to the table. And so for me to see other people recognize what's in them and and leverage that and go after that for the good of others and to show others the same thing, it creates such a powerful, powerful path. And, And it's bigger than career. It's like your purpose infiltrates every part of your life. And so the consulting, like that's just what my life looks like right now. But it could be a thousand different ways, right? Like there's a thousand different ways to grow a company. There's a thousand different ways to, to be steadfast in your purpose. And for me, the way that I connect and show women and, and people of color, like how to build businesses is through consulting. Cool. You know, but like that, yeah. it could look, it could look like anything else. And, and it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or if you're just coming out of an MBA program, like what, what you have is only something you have. And so that's needed somewhere and for something. Yeah. And, and knowing that you're driven by this community, obviously you have such a passion for what you're doing and working in a consultant type of manner, you could do all different projects with all different companies. I mean, how, how are you deciding like which companies specifically, oh, I want to be involved with them. How do you even choose? Because there's so many options, I imagine. Yeah. I mean, again, like it's a small industry, you know, and you know, those folks that are for the community that they, I think they call it like those that are for optics versus opportunities. Right. And so you, you, you were the, the longer you're in this, the more you're able to discern who is for just trying to, to make it look good and trying to hit their numbers versus like, who's actually out here really trying to make a difference. Um, yeah. 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 Oh, I imagine you can tell, especially being in the community more and more, and just working with different people. You, you can you can call it the BS for people who aren't aren't genuine pretty easily. Yeah. Um, and so it seems like that's how you can decide. And then, you know, with with your experience, you know, you mentioned building companies and helping people grow their companies. What when you when someone's trying to build a company, you're trying to build a brand. Like, what are some of those first things they need to they need to think about or focus on early on? Yeah, I mean, I think you got to I think you got to decide what it is you want to become. What is it you want to stand for? What it is you want to do and then look honestly about where you are and what you have. You know what I mean? And a lot of yeah. times, you know, startups will will just go. They'll just start and they'll grow without any sense of like direction and when I say direction, even internally focused like have you set up systems to prepare you for five years out, right? Like, are you preparing yourself to grow or are you just doing to do? And so those companies that are purposeful in the way that they build with the people that they build, with the type of culture that they build, with the type of product, you know, with the, with the audience in mind, like those are the ones that really 
create lasting impact because they recognize this is the long game. This isn't just let's get a million <laughs> like keep running. Like you're gonna you're gonna be running, but what are you running toward? And so a lot of companies don't really know what they're running toward. They just they think that that raising the money is the end all be all and re- and really honestly like that's the easy part. Even though it's the hard part, it's really the easy part. It's <laughs> the first part. The the other part is like okay, well, how do you how do you actually leverage that money now that you have it, right? Like, how do you do it in a way that will get you to where you want to be, as opposed to using it for what just works for right now? Yeah, and like you mentioned, there's a thousand ways to build a company, right? So when you do get funding, what are you going to do? Well, I mean, what's the way you're going to spend that money? You know, so it's something that's. Very important, especially a startup, because if you do it wrong, well, then that was a waste in many in many ways. Uh, even though you may have learned some things, it's still you could throw away that money pretty quickly. So, I imagine that you ne- you have to know as well where you want to go. But then, yeah, what is the allocation of those resources? What is the best use of that? And that's something you have to constantly think about, especially you know as a scrappy entrepreneur and startup when you don't have necessarily a ton of funding. You have to be very useful with that and. You know, as you've gone through your career and gained tons of experience with working with different companies, which I think is so valuable, especially as a consultant, I'm curious as to what other resources that have been maybe helpful for you, whether it be podcasts or audiobooks or conferences, like what are some of those that maybe have been helpful over your career? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's definitely resources, right? But that's like, that's one part of it. I think there's this other piece of like taking care of self. And I think especially as like entrepreneurs and founders, we put so much emphasis on the mind and learning and, and, you know, trying to like focus on one thing and getting all this information that we actually, myself included, I've done this where I've neglected like the best part of what it will actually allow me to see those things clearly. So what I'm, what I'm talking about is like mind, body, spirit alignment, right? Like meditation, prayer, working out, making time for family, making sure that you're enjoying the process, even when it's hard, finding the joy, you know, creating space and time for you to actually go deep instead of doing five things during the day, choose one or two things and then create blocks on your calendar and create space around those blocks, right? Like the, that to me has become more valuable because that is what will allow me to be in a space. And, and I found this with, with other founders and entrepreneurs, it, it, it frees up your mind and energy and, <laughs> and the, the way that you process things to allow you to actually like be in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like instead of like jumping from thing to thing to thing to thing, which we always feel like we have to do with our to-do list, like, no, like, okay, you want to listen to a podcast, but like, are you actually downloading that information? Or are you just listening to listen? You know, like, what are you doing with that information? So for me, for example, like I'm, I've been reading the four agreements again right now. And so every night I'll take, you know, paragraphs of it, or like, I'll take a phrase and I'll meditate on it. And it will actually give me answers <laughs> in my work and in my relationships and, and in every other part of my life because I'm actually sitting with it and I'm allowing it to like just become a part of me as opposed to let me just gather all this information and get all this stuff. Like 
even me, like I got tons of books that, you know, seven habits of highly effective people <laughs> and, and and all these things. And I'm like, Oh my God, I get it. I got to get through all of it. I got to get that knowledge. But like the knowledge is only the one is the first piece. Like, yeah, you know, the implementation of that knowledge, the action of that knowledge, but it is key. Right. But you gotta, you gotta actually sit with the knowledge and allow it <laughs> I'm a part of who you are. So that's why it's so important to not put so much on your plate that you're like, it's just another checklist, another to do thing. Yeah, I really like that. And I, I also want to dig a little bit deeper. So I'm just curious as to what your actual kind of self care, what that looks like in terms of, you know, whether it be workouts or meditation or how you decide to step away or take time for yourself. Yeah, yeah. So for me, it's funny because I've been telling like everyone around me that my like my energy has shifted and changed this past year. And I was really mad at myself because like I need like a full eight hours of sleep over the last four or five months. And I'm like, and I'm mad because I used to get up at 4.30 in the morning to do a 5 a.m. boot camp, right? Yeah. And I just like go after and I'd be so pumped and juiced and and now like my mornings are starting out much slower. Like I get up at like six, six thirty, which is yeah, again, like even saying it, I'm like, oh, like that <laughs> you it. But at the same time, it's when I know it's what my body needs, I can't fight it because it's happening for a reason. And what I'm finding is that it's actually slowing me down to allow me to be in the moments. And so now when I wake up, you know, I go into prayer. I, I find like a scripture that, that I, that I want to meditate on that like hits me, even if it's like a few words, right? Like yeah. right now what I'm focused, like my, my meditation for the last few days has been tucked into God. Like I've been just tucked into him. Like he's just been working. And so what does that actually look like? How do I actually move in that during the day? So I, but I got to sit in that and meditation and allow the time and the space and the revelation to come to me. Cause it's not going to come from me. It's not going to come from me doing, I gotta, I gotta sit back and take my hands off the wheel be like, Jesus, take the wheel <laughs> and, and your will will show up. And it always does because I'm allowing for inspiration to come from something higher than me. Right. Yeah. And so as I come out of that, like I've even started to do like a five minute journaling. So if like, I've, if I have, things on my mind that I haven't really like prayed out loud about or thought through or that like just thoughts that keep going around in circle. I'll just write it. I'll just write it out. And then I'll just, I'll be able to see it on paper and I'll be like, Oh, okay. And then all of a sudden I start the day just clear and, and focused. Um, and so the morning piece is so key for me, but like allowing it to work with where I am now in my life and in this season of my life, that was a struggle because I made it a struggle because I wanted it to look a certain way. But yeah. now I'm just like, now it's, it's all good because I'm like, cool, I'm going to ride with it. <laughs> I don't know what's going to but I'm going to ride with it. And I'm good with that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think it, you know, it takes time to get to that point, right? Where you figure that out over time and you have to accept sometimes that, yeah, this is, this is actually working for me. This is what I need right now. And I'll definitely vouch for the journaling and writing things down. It just, for me, it's always been helpful. I've journaled for years now. And it, it's always been helpful to get clarity and just kind of let it all out. And yeah, I think there's something about seeing it on paper, like literally physically writing it on paper, something about that. It's just a therapeutic process that 
I think is really helpful for people. I found that for me at least, but from talking to other people as well, it seems to be very helpful. And I'll definitely suggest that to other people as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And usually some things that end up coming out from that journaling process will surprise you. You'll be like, oh, I could like totally, you know what I mean? Like I can <laughs> use this in my work, but this is an answer to something that I've been sitting with this problem that I haven't figured out. And when you give yourself the space from it, it will come the way that it's supposed to. Yeah. And you know, with thinking about, obviously we've met, talked about your lessons from different, different places you've been at in your career already, uh, and a lot of different topics as well, but I'm just curious if there's anything else, lessons or takeaways you'd like to share with the audience. Yeah. So one of the biggest lessons that I, that I realized is you only get what you give. And if you walk into every room looking to get, you will be left with only that, which is enough for you. But if you walk into a room with no other intention than to say, I'm here to give, like, God, use me. How will you use me? You, everything that you need will come back to you in abundance. Because when you don't make it about yourself, when you make it about other people, they want to help. Like, inherently, people want to help those who help them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it's just, it's a law of the universe. Like, you get what you give. It's equivalent exchange. It's balance. And so one, one of the, like to take it a little deeper, one thing that I've also realized is that when you walk into a room and nobody can give, like you're not looking for anything to take anything, there's nothing that any person can kick at you, no lie, no BS, no nothing that you'll fall for because you don't need anything from them anyway. Right. Yeah. And so all of a sudden you're walking in free and clear and just joyful. Like, what are we doing? Who's who, <laughs> what lives today? Right. Because it, it because you become free when you go to look, to seek, to try and push and to get and all like people, people know, people know what you need. If you're out here in these streets trying to raise money, people know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, for sure. It, it, it's just, you gotta just, you got to allow things to unfold and look and, and move beyond yourself because that is the only place from which, you know, true purpose really flows. And, it, and trust me when I say it will flow in abundance. Yeah. And, and to that point, kind of like moving forward in your career, what are you hoping for? You know, what are you working on next? I'm just curious about that as well. Yeah. So I'm actually working on building out... Um, you know, a couple of different things, but at the end of the day, it's about community and, and finding those people, those organizations, um, bringing them together that, because at the end of the day, like we're greater as a collective, we're stronger together than we are individually out here trying to do the same thing, right? We're all trying to get to the same place, which is a place of peace, which is a place of purpose. <laughs> and so... <laughs> For me, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It, it really doesn't matter what it looks like. Like I, I'm allowing things to, to happen. Like even you and I meeting, we met on, we met in the middle of a street. Like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> it, it just happened. But see, you're out here building for, for communities of color and you're, you're here having these, these conversations that are needed. And so like, like I was saying, like, well, what, what do we need to get you where you need to get to and where you're looking to get to? 
Like that, that's the purpose. It's not about the work. And, and I've told that to, to a few different people, like, it's not about the work. The work is just a mechanism for purpose. Yeah. Once you have that overarching, you know, North star, it's guiding the way in your life and your career, then, you know, like there could be many different paths and many things you work on, like you mentioning here. And, you know, if someone wants to get in touch with you, uh, you know, keep tabs on what you're doing, connect with you, what's the easiest way for them to do that? Yeah, I mean, my email is just my first dot last name at Gmail. So Lisa.atia, A-T-I-A at gmail.com. Awesome. Simple. Perfect. Yeah. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for the time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this was great. Thanks, Justin. Good uh, good day to you. <laughs> That's I don't know where that came from. I never say that, by the way. Blessings to you on your that's that's what i really wanted to say about that blessings to you as well enjoy thank you so much for listening to this episode of just go grind the show notes are at justgogrind.com slash podcast all the links to things mentioned in this episode you can find there also you can check out the free course i created on how to start a podcast that will be at justgogrind.com slash podcast and lastly, if you have not done so yet, please, 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 please leave a rating and review over an Apple podcast that helps more people find the show. Also subscribe in there as well and share the show with someone else if you haven't already. I really appreciate that. Thanks again for the time and I will talk to you later.